Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. Good evening, church. Uh, my name is Josh, and my pronouns are he, him, his. Today is the third Sunday wading through Colossians, taking our time through the sometimes muddy and sometimes crystal clear waters of Paul's writing. It's taken us three weeks, but we've finally gotten to Paul's self-introduction, which, to be fair, Paul took his own time getting here. First, he introduced God and the work of Jesus something much more important in Paul's eyes than himself. That done, he is then able to give us a rundown of his own credentials, telling us who he is and why it matters that he's writing to Colossae. And he starts off with a bit of a doozy. And so we read from Colossians 1.24 to 2.5. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake, And in my flesh, I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. I became its minister according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's he whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil and strive with all the energy that he powerfully inspires within me. For I want you to know how greatly I strive for you and for those in Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. I want their hearts to be encouraged and united in love so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ, in whom all are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm saying this so that no one may deceive you with plausible arguments. For though I'm absent in body, yet I'm with you in spirit. And I rejoice to see your orderly conduct and the firmness of your faith in Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good evening, church. I'm preaching today from my apartment in Charlotte, North Carolina, 1,062 miles from the Big Red Barn. This is the fifth time I'm preaching for Galileo. The first four times were to a mostly empty barn in 2020, And today it is to a mostly empty apartment. By mostly empty barn, I mean the production team was on the far end of this from the stage, working their magic so that my words would be heard by all of you. Even to me, their work was invisible, hidden behind the shining stage lights. For the three sermons she was present for, uh, Katie did me the kindness of sitting in the front row and very vocally responding to my words filling up the space so that it felt a little less weird to preach to row after row of empty chairs. 
During this recording, however, it is just me, my cat, and my, my cat, and my husband, who is the entirety of my end of the production team. Thanks be to God for good spouses. Somehow, unbelievably, uh, the number of people who are present is getting smaller. One day, if the good Lord and this slow rolling apocalypse permit, I will get to preach again in the walls of the Big Red Barn, and some of you will be there. And yet, this video is being recorded several days early. By the time Sunday evening comes around, I will be in my usual place, on my couch, with the Inside Out crew, shifting my attention from video to chat box and back again. As Katie has done for my prior sermons, I expect there will be chatter and responses. This is the wonder of Inside Out. Even a thousand miles away, even being alone in the recording, I am not alone in the preaching. That's not how this works. Thanks be to God. Paul would have loved the internet and video recordings and the idea that he could preach from anywhere in the world to any church in the world that would have him. The epistle to the Colossians was written during the time of Paul's first imprisonment in Rome. Yes, first. He was really, really good at getting into trouble. He was locked up approximately 1,300 miles from the church in Colossae when he wrote this letter, beating me by nearly 240 miles. Yes, it's a competition, and like always, Paul is winning. I don't think many of us now have a good sense of the sheer scale of 1,300 miles in Paul's time. Sure, it seems to be a big number, but after a certain distance, all the miles kind of run together. You're going to have to fly or you're not going. I've done more than my share of cross-country road trips, and there comes a point where driving is just not tenable. If I had been anywhere in the state of Texas, I would probably be preaching to the Big Red Barn in person, even if I came in from El Paso. I love being with you more than I hate all 600 miles of West Texas. If I was Paul and had to cross it all on a donkey, that's a different story. As it is, I'm outside of Texas and, well, you get to see my apartment walls instead. All this is still good. Paul's words could be my own here. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit. And I rejoice to see your orderly conduct and the firmness of your faith in Christ. I am with you in spirit, church, and, and, and there's more. I don't just get to hear the stories of your good works. I get to participate in them still. I've been on the spiritual care team since Pentecost, and the MLT voted two weeks ago to support my ordination within our denomination. And I'm not the only one loving this church and doing this good work from a distance. We're getting to see so many of our faces tonight. Paul wrote a letter and hoped it survived the storms and the sea and interception by the Romans and sickness and fire. And what if the church in Colossae didn't exist anymore by the time this letter arrived? In our technological age, all I need to do is email a Google Drive link to Steph on the Wednesday before. Paul's wildest hopes and dreams 
we're not made of this substance of our life together as a church. We are no longer a church of one city, not like the church of Colossae or Corinth or Ephesus, not like even Galileo was once before inside out, just one big red barn on the side of the interstate. We have blossomed. We are a church that crosses states and time zones and entire climates. We gather together in myriad ways for worship and prayer and celebration and study under this banner of Galileo to do the work of sharing the good news as we have found it with this world that God still loves. Paul would see us and marvel. This wasn't possible in his lifetime, but it is in ours. Certainly, Paul would marvel over many things in our church, if not be outright baffled or disturbed by them. When I say we are a church beyond his wildest dreams, I'm saying that I don't think he could comprehend what the church universal has become in these last two millennia, how wide the doors have been thrown. He writes about the mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. This mystery, this gospel, this good news is that everyone who we thought was outside the love of God is actually wrapped up in it. We can no more escape the love of God than we can escape breathing. Back when Paul's story began, it was the Christians he thought were on the outside. They didn't have the love of God. They weren't worth it. They were causing problems with their preaching of love and the overturning of the order of things. How could they be in God's good grace? Then, on the road to Damascus, his entire world was upended by the appearance of Jesus, who, by this time, had long since lived, died, was raised, and ascended, and shouldn't be appearing to anyone. But Jesus saw Paul and was like, Okay, hold on. I need to go back just for a sec. Jesus showed back up just to tell Paul what he had always missed, that these Christians were included too. In that moment, Paul's entire life turned around, upending everything he thought he knew about the world and his place in it. Until Jesus himself came down and scolded him, Paul could not understand the limitations of his own worldview. Bigger, God said. My love is bigger and wider than you know, Paul. And so Paul would spend the rest of his life sharing and suffering for the words of inclusion he had learned. The glory of this mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he whom we proclaim. Paul saw Colossae and said, the love of God is in you, church. And still, and still, his understanding of inclusion was not broad enough. He was sexist, he was racist, he was homophobic. He could not or would not or wasn't able to see the entirety of the mystery. Bigger, God said, my love is still bigger and wider than you know, Paul. By his own credentials he establishes here, Paul has failed miserably. 
he has proclaimed the good news of hope that all are beloved of God, and yet, and yet, and yet, and yet he was still beloved of God. Listen, Paul and I don't always get along. This almost goes without saying. It's probably the most common thread among people who come to Galileo. Sometimes his words have been weaponized against us, and I don't need to defend him. He was an imperfect man proclaiming the word of God as best as he understood it. He messed up and his words did harm, and still, and still, and still, and still he was beloved of God. He knew what it was to be a spiritual refugee. The Jews didn't want him after his conversion, and the Christians certainly didn't trust him on account of all the persecuting he did. He was known as a killer of Christians. So where was he to go? Well, Jesus told him to continue to Damascus. So he did. There was a Christian named, there, there a Christian named Ananias found him and took him in. God had asked Ananias to care for Paul. Ananias, knowing Paul's reputation and being a person who didn't want to get murdered, had two words for God. Hell no. In the end, God won Ananias over, and Paul became the great preacher without whom we would not have Christianity today. That is a vastly simplified version of the story in Acts chapter 9, but it gets the point across. God saw Paul and said, yes, even him. I love him too. He's one of mine. He'll do just fine. Yet that work of loving Paul could not be done without the people on the ground, without Ananias, without someone in the church already looking at Paul, having compassion on him, and loving him as he found his way back to his feet again. Paul whose own worldview had just taken a tumble out, in, out the door into a wider world it was entirely unprepared for. Paul, whose world was torn out from under him, was loved back into being by God, courtesy of Ananias. Back in 2019, in the before times, when Galileo servant leaders got together and decided that Inside Out was something that we needed to do, that we needed to get online and make Galileo available to more people in more places, we also added that fifth missional priority. We do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. The two were always bound up together. In the process of loving the world the best we knew how, we had to open ourselves to more people in more places. Bigger, God said. My love is still bigger and wider than you know, church. I didn't know when I was part of that retreat that I would eventually preach four sermons to Inside Out and now one sermon as part of it. I didn't know that the way the spirit was moving that weekend was so deeply going to affect my own participation in the church. None of us had any idea what it was going to become that we would have preachers and leaders from hundreds or thousands of miles away. 
We imagined the possibility and trusted God to guide us along the path of making our love bigger still. This online space is holy too. And this is sacred ground on which we walk. Here, we spiritual refugees still find a home from these spaces that are our literal homes. Here we share our stories and our suffering and rejoice for we are not alone. Together, we have a place in this massive world, a place that looks so little like the iterations of church that came before, but it is church. It is our church. If Paul in his recovery found his way to Galileo and marveled at and was baffled by the way we do church, that we love so broadly that we cannot keep it to one physical place, he would also have recognized here the love that Ananias showed him in the way we seek out and shelter other spiritual refugees. Would we welcome Paul here with all his credentials? I hope so. He would see that little chat box and start furiously typing, Good evening, church. It is I, Paul, pronouns he, him, the greatest of all sufferers, whose suffering completed even what Christ couldn't do, and... Okay, Paul, here, have a beer. Sit down. Take a deep breath. We know. We get it. Us too. We've been there. We too were spiritual refugees, but now we have a home. We have a place that sees us as we are, no bullshit, and wants us, and even likes us. Who even knew that was a thing? There's a place for you here too, if you want it. But you don't have to get up on the stage, or record a video, or write us a letter to prove it. You can be, and it will be just fine. I promise. No one is asking you to martyr yourself. There's been enough of that already. Many of us can hear echoes of our own story in Paul's. For all of us who have endured the trauma of becoming a spiritual refugee knows how much we want to be heard. We want to make a meaning of our story or even have a story where we're not the villain or the backslider or the immature Christian or fill in the blank. We want to make meaning of our suffering. So sometimes we get into this mode of competing against each other, attempting to outmurder each other until one of us invariably ends up suffering more than Christ did. Yes, I'm looking at you, Paul. We want our suffering to shine because if it shines, maybe it will be seen. And if it is seen, maybe it will be understood. And if it is understood, maybe it will be accepted. That is what we want to be seen and understood and accepted. Because if we have that, then maybe, maybe we too are loved, maybe. Maybe God's love really does extend all the way to the margins, to us, the greatest of all sinners and sufferers. Whether you're watching from Rome or North Carolina or Arizona 
or Hawaii or Fort Worth. This church is for you too. Welcome Paul. Welcome Josh. Welcome spiritual refugee. Maybe God's love truly is real and for us and worth it. Maybe, just maybe. Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and those who love them. We do kindness to those in mental and emotional distress and celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support the production of this podcast and the ongoing missional priorities of this church, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Conspire With Us. You'll have options to use your Venmo or PayPal or use your credit card or bank account. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.